Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. It's time for another epic episode of Shark Bite Biz. Once again, I'm your host, David Strausser, and this is your place to grow a business during a global pandemic. Nearly every episode of the podcast, we've had a recurring theme. It's that content is king, as the cliche goes, and now is the time to create rebrand, redesign, and just get yourself and your brand out there. We're at a point in time where people are brands. And I'm not just talking about people like Brad Pitt uh, or other famous Hollywood actors or somebody like a Tony Robbins, but the average person is also a brand. I'm a brand. My expertise in business, process automation, sales, and all that good stuff is my personal brand. People like buying things from me, consulting with me, just as much as they do with the company that I work for. So I make sure that my personal brand, that presence, all that stuff is out there in the open so that everybody knows about it. I think more people need to be a little bit more conscious of their own personal branding, though. I think we're in an awakening right now because many, many, many people are publishing their own shows, their own podcasts, they're writing their own books and blogs and ebooks and all that stuff. So it's really cool to see how this stuff's really progressing. I'm constantly being asked for advice about my show, how we produce it, how we record the interviews, how we do this, how we do that. And, you know, therefore, I wanted to bring in an OG podcaster, okay? Somebody who did it before it was fashionable. Somebody that's been podcasting for over 10 years in a weird time when it was almost like podcasting in a way was like doing a live radio show, but over the internet. Uh, So it's really evolved in what a podcast is, and it's still evolving. Now, podcasts are becoming with video, just as we have it right now. So we'll talk about things like content, guests, the monetization of podcasts, and even touching slightly just on the cancel culture and things you can kind of do to protect yourself. I know, me personally, I'm extremely cautious with what I say on the show, just because you don't want to alienate anybody. But besides that, I mean, my my biggest fear with the podcast is that I say something, perhaps it's kind of taken out of context or whatever it may be, and it's like, there it goes, Shark Bite Biz is done. (laughs) So it's a real thing to kind of worry about these days. So we're going to kind of talk about that for a little bit too, just how to protect yourself. And I guess you're wondering now, so who is today's guest? Well, unfortunately, Joe Rogan did not accept the invite to come on, but I got somebody better, Jim Mallard. Jim Mallard is the executive producer and host of the groundbreaking Mallard Report. 
This entertaining and enlightening show airs every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, in addition to being internationally syndicated rebroadcast on many radio networks. In-depth interviews with specialists and researchers reveal little-known facts and investigations of real events. So, without further delay, let's bring Jim on in here. Reach your customer. Jim Mallard, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. We're so glad to have you here. Well, thank you, David, for having me. This is a kind of an exciting, a different opportunity to talk about something a little bit different that I normally don't get to talk to, but I'm sure we'll get into some of the, the things that I always get into, oh, but that's okay. I like talking those Yeah, we're going to so. talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> this is going to be the, the best structured, unstructured conversation we've had on this show. So I know who you are. I've listened to you a few times. Okay, pretty good stuff. Tell my viewers and our viewers out there. Exactly, are you? What do you do? What's your experience? Well, I, I'm a paranormal. I started as a paranormal investigator who did ghost hunts. I've actually looked for Bigfoot and UFOs. So there's all of that. That genocized into doing a show that I did about paranormal stuff. And that kind of, t- well, I spun it into doing this, the, the same show, but it's different now because I talk about current events and go from political to I had Chef Angel Ghoul on from talk about seafood which just blows my mind that's probably my highlight show of the year because he was talking to me about seafood coming in from china which i'm sure some of your listeners may yeah, be blown but, away by that but, too. What, I, I was what, what about the seafood come out of though explain that context okay so i'm not uh, don't quote me uh-huh. verbatim on this but our seafood gets caught in america right. and then sent to china to be processed and sent Whew. back and that's cheaper than processing it. I've here, heard I've heard things like that because uh, with my background, I work a lot with the Baja Cali mega region. Obviously, fishing tunas, all that stuff, right there off Baja California, Mexico is big. And I've kind of heard of some of those things, like from the California side, you get caught, sent over. I didn't know if it was true or not, but that's interesting. It is because he owns this a chain of seafood restaurants, and when he started telling me this and going to the descriptions and much more knowledgeable than I am in the, on it, but it was great. Well, I don't want to say great to hear, but it was fascinating for me to be the outsider, as you mm-hmm. as you know, doing the show that you do, being the outsider, listening to these people tell you the intricacies of their business is just phenomenal. Oh, me. yeah. So I appreciate what yeah, you do. Yeah, well. no, that's great. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, you, you were looking for Bigfoot, aliens, and you talked to somebody on the show, and you have your show as well, right? Yeah, but- yeah, it kind of, you know, the genesis was you started, we started looking for ghosts and then you kind of started, you know, you heard rumors about Bigfoot and other cryptids. So, oh, well, you're kind of out there looking anyways. So, sure. And then obviously once you're out there looking, right, you look up because that's the next thing you come across. And then people started coming to me with the different conspiracies, right? And I'm like, yeah, but that, that's all kind of this, all this ball starts snowballing downhill. Right. Right. So then you get into the, like, the, I'm still, really interested in jfk now i know that's kind of been beat to like a dead horse and i've done it myself like talk to the different people that i could get a hold of and kind of just rehash Mm -hmm. it all kind of so to speak for myself but that opened the door because then there's the cia stuff and Mm -hmm. the fbi stuff and all of this other pieces then you you know the george w bush or the george hw bush pieces, and then you get into george w bush and it just you can bounce it anywhere you want to go and then well, then it puts you that put me in the politics because politics is all all about the, the, the area 51. Right. Yeah, it comes back like area 51. That's politics as well, because that's our government. Hot, well, 
hiding, <laughs> top secret, clearance, whatever. I mean, you, you could spend this any way you want, right? So it all kind of became this intertwinement for me after being, I just wanted to, you know, having a spiritual experience. And now when it comes to doing my show and how I live my life, it's all kind of like this big ball rolling downhill. And I'm never sure where it's going to land. Yeah. Week to week, day to day. Yeah. So you have a business and uh, paranormal uh, podcast, right? You talk about business, podcast, paranormal. Yeah, well, well the, the, the show is the business, <laughs> I guess you'd say. Um, the paranormal investigating team is just kind of something we do trying to get people okay. answers. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily define it as a paranormal podcast anymore. I don't know what it is. And that's, I've been talking to branding people trying to figure this mm -hmm. out because I can't say it's everything all the time because it's not, but it's not, it's not a political show because I talk politics five times a year. It's not a paranormal show because I talk pol or paranormal five times a year. What it, it's a hard thing to brand, but it's, it's su successful. But when you're trying mm -hmm. to go out and sell it to advertisers and, and people, they want to know, you know, they want that, that A, B connection. And when you're doing something so radically different than most people mm -hmm. pull off, I mean, there are people out there trying to do it, but I'll be blowing my own horn <laughs> saying I can do it better than most. <laughs> well, that's based on track record. Right, right. I, mean, I mean, that's what advertisers... We're coming up on 10 years. That's what advertisers want, yeah. though. I mean, they want something that can fit between you know in this box or in that box and when you're outside of that box it you know they get weird with that stuff man you would think at 2020 with everything that's going on they'd be all accepting at this point but no they're not not yet but i i have noticed a shift mm -hmm. in the last probably 36 months of companies being even just having casual conversations with vps of marketing and and stuff on linkedin about podcasting as a whole. Oh, I think I, I, mean, I think the industry is blowing up. That's actually why I wanted to to bring you on is because I find your podcast interesting. I like the topics that you cover. I mean, you cover everything from, you know, like you said, I mean, you have everything. <laughs> it, it can be conspiracy theory to business to tech uh you know bigfoot okay it could be everything and yeah. it's kind of cool because then that allows somebody with a wondering mind like i'm thinking about business 24 7 okay but if i can escape yeah. from a business episode of a podcast and have that same personality that i already like talking about hey i'm going bigfoot hunting this weekend and this is what we did you know that's that's pretty fun for me that's like wow this is the escape i needed i think a show like yours really brings that that's why i wanted to bring you on because yeah. how you can make a business out of that and how people can follow their dreams to make a business model of it yeah i, I think the 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 fun part of podcasting right now you've mentioned has exploded it has i mean i've watched it for the last like i said 36 months it's kind of taken a whole nother and i think currently because of covid Mm -hmm. Like what was ramped up is like scaled up beyond. Well, there's two now. reasons right now. Even... There's two reasons why podcasts yeah. have blown up. Number one, COVID. Everybody's, I mean, even if, you know, people are like, oh, they don't have the commutes. People are still looking for new content to fill in the void of their commute. That's part of the reason why my show isn't just an audio podcast. It's a video podcast on YouTube, too, because people want to watch things. They don't have the commutes. Number two is Joe Rogan, man. Joe Rogan, I think, really has oh, blown up. Yeah, he blew up the Spotify thing. I mean, it really brought a big, huge light to this whole industry. 
I know there was some podcasters that thought he was out of his mind and he sold his soul. No. We can, you know, degrade that any any further than that. If somebody came to me and offered me a tenth, a hundredth, I mean, maybe well, somewhere in there, there's some fraction, right? right. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but of that money to put my show exclusively on whatever their platform is. I won't lateral the list because it's just remarkable anymore where, where these are headed. But I think because of Rogan mm-hmm. and because of that exclusivity in the next 36 months, we'll be seeing Spotify or Stitcher or TuneIn, whoever chasing the quote unquote Netflix of podcasting. Right. Right. Cause I, I, I love that term. Everybody has, everybody has it until they right. don't. As we start seeking exclusivity for these shows, Mm -hmm. I I mean, there's a lot of great shows out there that are, you know, radio shows that are just kind of dumped on. But as people are getting out there and seeking that that in between that next level down and somebody's going to go out there and run the market on that and legitimately put together the Netflix of podcasting Mm -hmm. and be able to charge $9.99, maybe even $19.99 a month for it and make millions oh i think i I think so too i mean you just had anchor fm they were just purchased not too long ago by i don't remember if it was spotify amazon but it was one of those larger tech companies and slowly but surely it looks like some of these smaller independent podcast hosting sites because anchor I, i guess for people that don't really know how this works it's basically a site where you're able to host it and you get some benefits for the actual raw data and it, it seems like no matter if it's hosted on uh whether someone's accessing the the podcast episode from itunes or they're pulling it from google Podcasts or spotify it's all pulling from that central site and now that i'm starting to see yep. sites like that those hosting sites get bought up for their technologies and stuff by bigger tech conglomerates it's like yes podcasting is the future well, we also you also have to be aware of sites like Anchor because in the fine print of those terms of services you agree to use, yeah. some of those sites own your content. Yes, yes. And there's there is value in that content, mm-hmm. especially I mean, Anchor, I mean everybody's fl- fleeting there because it's free. But if they own your content and own your show and then they turn, you know, say you do say I get Joe Rogan on my yeah. show. Just for example, Spotify right? purchase. They if they own I just yeah, looked it up. If they, you know, if they own Okay, but okay, so that's kind of the, the the bad position. But if somebody else, like, we'll take Alex yeah. Jones because Rogan and Spotify <laughs> already have a deal, but they take my Alex Jones interview that I hypothetically have done, and then they run it and make money on that because they take it from right. me and sell it for nine ninety nine because they own it. I don't have any recourse, and they're making money on my. Oh yeah, that's that's part of the reason they're buying that content because they can repurpose it for whatever and. Audio adventures. I mean, no, I, I, what, what, I mean, like, think about Audible. Oh, yeah. I, Get Audible's in the podcast space too now. Oh, yes. Yes. I saw way. that. I saw that, that as well too. And you can find Shark Bite Biz listed on Audible. <laughs> so I, I saw this as far as when I was going to set up this podcast. Yeah. Some time has passed since I researched it, but that was one of the big things that I noticed. Like a site like anchor.fm, at least at that time. Okay. I don't know if it's like this currently. But it was like, yeah, well, they'll get you on uh, Spotify or iTunes and make it really super easy for you compared to a site. I think I went with Podbean where I had to manually set it up. It was still pretty easy, but I have to manually do everything. The difference oh, was you, ownership. You have no idea how easy, you have. 
you have no idea how easy it is today compared to when I started. Oh. By the way. <laughs> how, <laughs> tell us a story. How, how hard was it for you when you set up 10 years ago? Okay, so you, you mentioned getting on. Okay, so it was iTunes then. It's Apple Podcasts. Right. Now, so that's first and foremost. So if I refer to it as iTunes, you'll understand oh. that it's just the old guy. I still refer habits. to it that way. Okay, so you had to manually submit to them. So you had to track that. You had to sign up for iTunes first and foremost, mm -hmm. and then go into their back room. It wasn't like a, a simple thing to find. You had to go in and dig deep to submit your podcast, put all the information in, submit it. Mm -hmm. You'll get an e you got an email that said your podcast had been submitted. You'll hear from us in six to eight weeks if you've been approved. Wow. Okay. So I wait to, that six to eight weeks. And I was rejected because my cover art wasn't big enough. Ugh. Okay. What a, you know, rookie mistake. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I just threw the cover art up. I didn't know they had standard sizes. So I, I appeal to get back on six to eight more weeks later. Wow. I got this approval message from them that I've been, that I'd be listed in the next month. <laughs> month. Right. So now <laughs> month. So that's, let's see, six, to eight. So the first, we'll say six six so that's 12 16 weeks mm -hmm. of waiting to get on that one particular i mean that was it's still the dominant podcast place right but back in the day i mean now you're talking about going to podbean and having to submit it and you're hearing back within two to four weeks and you know like it tells you when you go to upload you need uh, what is it three thousand by three thousand now whatever it is i can't remember mm -hmm. anymore it just changes all the time and this, you know, like it's, it's right there. Like if you don't, if you're not meeting this, their standard, it pops up and tells you Oh yeah. before it was kind of like, you didn't read the guidelines and I'm like guidelines, <laughs> where, you know, and then you have to hunt the guidelines and you're like scrolling down through and it says cover art must be 800 by 800 square. Yeah. And I went, Oh, well, mine wasn't square. Yeah. I think it's, nobody else was looking. I mean, yeah, I think it's 3000 by 3000 now, if I remember yeah. correctly. And I think that's, I I, I'm, I've been reading some tea leaves that that might be changing with iOS 14 coming out. They might want it bigger, which just blows my mind. But. You know, and it drives me nuts about Apple. Can I do an Apple rant right now? And I'm sorry to everybody listening Please. at iTunes. But, you know, it's almost <laughs> with a lot of this stuff, they their restrictions are so strict that, you know, it's they force the market to go by their standards. I mean... If you're doing a podcast, are you really going to individually edit each one of your episodes for every platform out there? Or are you just going, okay, well, add, uh, Apple's standards meets the requirements for everybody else and just do it to that standard. You know what I mean? I We only edit well, once. Yeah, I was going to say, well, the, 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 the caveat to your problem is it's pulling from the same RSS feed unless you submit different feeds to these different platforms. So right. it would be a little legitimate nightmare to do one for – a show for Spotify. I mean, I guess you could, if you had the time and the energy and the money probably to do it, you right. could do it. But why, why you'd want to do that is well, somebody <laughs> out there, somebody out there probably does it and has a great comment. And we welcome that here to whatever his email address is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not mine, not mine, yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'll pass it on to me. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll make sure you get it on Twitter. So, uh, <laughs> you know, let's talk about the, the business side of the podcast. Okay, you've been doing this for 10 years now. Sounds like you're having a lot of fun with it. Now, you've had some trouble because you're not able to get it to fit inside those boxes of nice, neat categories, okay? How, you know, how has the monetization 
from it as a, a source of business for me? I mean, has it worked out pretty good? Is it a viable if you I'm, make it? That's what I guess I'm trying well, to ask. No, no. It, okay. I guess, I guess I should caveat this. Yeah. The show pays for itself, right? Right. But it's it's not making exponentially money that I can live off of and all this other stuff. Right, right. Yet. Yeah. Yet. I'm going to preference yet because I believe as as the market continues to grow mm-hmm. in Rogan and the, the top end money starts growing, that kind of skews everything forward. I've got to quit moving my hands in front of your camera. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. Uh, Beautiful hands. <laughs> um. <laughs> So I believe that it, it can pay more. And of course, if I fit one of those boxes and played more nice, I could probably fit one of those boxes and make more. I mean, I see a lot of people making more. And the other thing I want to tell people out there who are starting their own podcast, and I, I've, I'm in these groups, I try to help as many people as I can with podcasts starting out, just because I believe that when I started, it was much different than I want to be. Like, I want to pay it back more than mm-hmm. people who were involved when I was starting. People are out there seeking tens of thousands of dollars right off the top when they start to show, which right. is okay. You're allowed to do that. I'm not saying you can't do that, but build an audience and build a niche and build a brand name and then go ask for that money. You'll get it. No, I totally that's part agree. Of my problem. Like, I don't go out there. I don't go out there asking for large sums of money. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm just interested in keeping this going and keeping the, <clears throat> the outside the box thinking that I can accomplish by, taking taking less because i don't want to feel boxed in by some guy saying you know i'm a paranormal company and i paid you to do paranormal shows because that's what you know the money's going for or whatever it may be right right and i think that's a that's a problem too i mean same same with this show i started this show like hey look if i can make a couple bucks nice but that's uh, actually the point of the show for me my point is is that we got hit by covid uh, global pandemic went on. I'm not able to network, not able to meet people. And I like connecting and meeting people and connecting people to other people that I know can't do that. You know? So I'm like, Hey, I'm going to launch this podcast that I've been sitting on for five years. I registered the domain <laughs> five years ago and it took a global pandemic for me to figure out like, Hey, how should I launch it? What should I do? And even with doing it, it's like, yeah, would I want the show to pay for itself? Yeah, I mean, we're monetized on YouTube. Uh, you know, we get a couple bucks rolling in, but that's not the point of it. I mean, really, the point is is to help people grow, help myself grow. Because me talking to people like you, I mean, I'm getting an ROI just hearing from your experience with your up and downs on the podcast. And to me, that's worth a fortune. So, well, eat your own, I guess. You mentioned networking. Yeah. You mentioned networking. That that is phenomenal because back in the early days of the show, yeah. way back, uh, I had I dabbled out. This is when this was still early, right? I had a paranormal romance author on my show. And I was on a romance. Uh, streaming online. Yeah, which well, anyways, that, that show went sideways <laughs> in a hurry, probably about the midpoint when she realized that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with that aspect of it. And yeah. well, she has has a great outgoing personality that, well, as you can imagine, how that went. But oh yeah, I, saw that, I But now I'd be like, I'd be chopping it back. But then it was kind of like, oh, what the mm-hmm. world am I into? Um, but I was on an internet network at that time, so I was on the quote unquote morning show that morning, mm-hmm. and that show was more literary focused. So it was a great pl- chance for me to come on and say, hey, I've got this author on tonight. Right. Right. So I did. Of course, because that's what you do. You you show up anytime somebody asks you to talk, you show up. Oh yeah. So I went and did that, and then I did my show that night. And a couple of days later, I got a message from the author that was on and said, "Hey, I had a great time on your show, but you'll never guess what. 
uh, uh, this literary agent was listening to our show and heard us talking mm-hmm. and heard about my book, which she had self-published at that point and wants to take it to a publishing house and get it published. Wow. And I said, well, that's great. Right. And then I, you know, st- and then I started the next week. Right. So you mm-hmm. kind of get out of that cycle. Right. And then, Hey, my next book's coming out. Can I come back on? And I'm, you know, I remembered that second part of the show and I went, Hmm. Yeah. Why not? Let's, uh, let's have some more fun. Cause you know, like, you know, like I'm a gluten for punishment. The listeners loved it. So whatever. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's amazing. But and then, that's but, go keep but going. Then, fast forward, fast mm-hmm. forward. The literary agent got picked up, got back in involved because of the, right. Because mm-hmm. it kind of fizzled there for a little bit, but they came back in because of the next book coming out, picked it up, got it published by a major house and actually got it into target before it was all said and done. Wow. And that, that's your so book, that book too, right? No, this is her book. Oh, her book. Sorry. I got confused. Th- but yeah. this, but that's mm-hmm. the networking opportunity by having been on that morning show, hitting mm-hmm. the right person with the opportunity to listen to another show with another author and having a good conversation with somebody who sold themselves well on their show, mm-hmm. on your show. Right. And then kind of just what the seeds plant and fall where they may. And then it, when the book ends up in Target, it's kind of like, and I have a copy over there on the shelf that I bought at Target just because, you know, I see in your studio, you have a few of those trophies of victory as well, just because that doesn't happen. I mean, that's the only time that's happened. And yeah. I had to mark the moment. So, yeah, no, that, that, that's great. You know, and that, that's one of the things that I tell people, I mean, you have that networking opportunity to really get kind of personal with a lot of people. But I think over time, too, a lot of people don't even think about, well, the SEO aspect of it. You know, you get that stuff embedded into the the internet. Right. Yes. Something five years from now that you could have never thought of. You're showing up in this one person's specialized search. They find you because of this random interview you did. And then bing, bang, boom. Next thing you know, you just got a whole new ROI on that interview. So it's goes in mysterious yeah, the, ways. Yeah, the return, the, as, as I tell people, especially when I'm talking to the sponsors, I'm like, hey, this this interview will be out there for the next eight, ten, you know, as long as I'm doing my show, that interview, I'm going to keep hosting that. It'll be out there for the I'm next playing. eight, nine, ten millennia. Yeah, well, <laughs> if it's secured right, right? Hopefully, in theory. <laughs> but at so- least... Go ahead. No, no, I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I got a, like, got a lot of questions for you because, I mean, I, I, love, I love talks like this. These are probably some of my favorite conversations where you could talk about crazy stuff on one hand, and then on the other hand, we're, we're talking straight business, and they kind of just have a <laughs> intersection where they mingle right here. And, right. you know, lo- interviewing people like you is always awesome. So when you were starting out growing your podcast, obviously it's very different from how it is now. Ten years ago, you when you told people, hey, look, I'm going to start this podcast, okay, mm-hmm. uh, what was the, the reaction? I mean, did a lot of people really understand what podcasts were back then or, or how'd that go for you? Well, a lot of people didn't. But there were people that knew what – I mean, there was two very different schools, right? People mm-hmm. that knew what it were and, like, why? Like, I understand what it is, but why? Yeah. And the people that are like, you're doing what on the where? Mm-hmm. You're doing radio on the internet? 
podcast? I mean, because when I when I started, it was truly radio, right? It was right. live, and I didn't necessarily record those first few shows, so it was just for the people that heard it, heard it, mm-hmm. which was a mistake. But that's <laughs> um, water under the bridge that I've come to accept. Of course, I'm partially glad those shows don't exist because the, the older ones that do exist make me cringe. Same with so me. I can't imagine how the early, 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 early ones sounded. I, I blocked so, my own episodes on Shark Bite Biz for my YouTube <laughs> account so that I don't see my my first couple of episodes because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm horrible. <laughs> but uh, over time, you get better. Yeah, and, and it's it's an art, right? Because it is literally an art because you have to learn the flow of when to ask and when to, when mm-hmm. not to ask the question. Because I I remember there was a time that I prepared sixteen questions. I do an hour show, so sixteen questions is a lot of preparing yeah. for an hour show. But I wanted to have them so I could be prepared in case the guest kind of went, yeah, mm-hmm, sure. I but just did an I interview the like that. They, they're tough. They're tough. But then I got to the point where I was too busy focused on the next question because mm-hmm. I've prepared so much that I wasn't necessarily in actively listening to what the person was saying, as bad as that may sound. But this is mm-hmm. the part of the process where I just wanted to ask my next question because I, you know, but then I got to the transition point of understanding that, yes, you got to have something there to help guide your conversation, but it doesn't yep. have to be so rigid that you have to sit there and, and focus on asking your question. Well, that's exactly what I was just telling you earlier. I mean, and I, my viewers know that too. I go into every question. I don't ever want someone to feel like, Hey, I'm uh, on NBC nightly news and I'm interested, uh, interviewing my guest right here. No, it's an unstructured, structured conversation, meaning that I have some guiding points of areas that we want to touch on maybe even a question every now and then just to make sure we can fill up the time but when it comes down to it we're going wherever the heck this conversation goes i, I try to explain it this way to my, my when i have a guest on mm-hmm. we're going to go down we're going to go down main street right right and we're going to pick we're going to pick from your shops on your side of the road and one of them we're going to window shop for a few minutes right we're going to kind of gloss and gloss and then we're just going to take that hard turn and you're going to tell me about one store right and the next thing you know it's going to be over like I, I had Rand Goldman on last night, a pediatrician from Vancouver. Oh. And he's like, hey, um, 25 minutes. I'm pretty sure we'll have all, everything that I need to talk about then. And I said, hey, just block out the hour. For me, <laughs> right. I, I said, I know you're nervous. And I said, you can pull the plug at any point if you get uncomfortable or you think we're done. Just just say it. That's fine. I, mm-hmm. I'll agree. And we got to about 58 after the hour. And he looks, he must have looked at a clock and he says, I th- that hour, where'd it go? <laughs> or something to that effect. And I went, yeah. Hey, but I want to thank you for your time. And then I wrapped it up because, you know, you got to got these posts, you got to mention all these mentions and stuff. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I've been doing it long enough to know that anytime you get somebody with some type of credential, they always have their little, and his was virtual reality in the like emergency room for children to help them be distracted from pain and other procedures. Going oh, wow. On. That sounds pretty awesome. And I knew it was. And I, I, you know, when I stumbled across that, that afternoon, I'm like, there it is. Right. Like, because I, we were talking a little bit about COVID and how that's impacting children. And he, like, I, I heard him talking about it before, but you mentioned like the nightly news, right? Mm-hmm. And they're looking for their 45 seconds at most answer to the question. And so that's kind of what he was, you know, used to doing. And he used wasn't to, used right. to doing the, 
being open and honest and having a free throwing conversation like you would at a bar. Yeah. Or and that's dinner. why that's why I love doing it this way. I try to bring it out with somebody that, hey, look, we're going to have a discussion. You know, I, I don't really want monologues. I mean, if you got something really important, it takes a couple minutes, whatever, we'll do it. But I prefer it to where I can kind of just jump in and we can if, if there's something of value that that I can talk about. I think that's where the listeners kind of get the most value with those types of of discussions, because then you really go into a lot of times a lot of, um, you know, interesting areas. So, yeah, you could. I, you can get extra details out because mm -hmm. you've probably done these interviews with people that are used to talking for these these podcast shows, and they get their inter their question out, mm -hmm. and then the interviewer kind of slides into the next thing, like the canned interviews that I was talking about a few minutes right. ago, or the prepare. They, you know, I I that uh, a show host sent me a uh, want to be on my show, and I'm just like sure, and they send me this big long Google Doc, send me four or no, I did fourteen, send me five questions, and free topics that if we need more time, we can, you know, free like, keywords that we can talk about. And I, I sent back, I'm not sending you five questions. Right. Not my job to do your job. Mm -hmm. And he was livid <laughs> with me. Oh, yeah. I said. Yeah, I, I I'm can't like, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. let's see. I got a couple other questions here I wanted to ask. Yeah. Um, first, live streaming uh do you think mm -hmm. you know first i don't know i kind of view it as an evolution that you had podcasting which was kind of interesting because you know you said back in the day it was people that you know it was more radio-ish doing podcasting i always yeah. i'm sorry for this but i always thought well people that are doing podcasts are doing podcasts uh because they couldn't be on the radio and I didn't get the internet radio phase. And I thought it was like wannabe DJs. And I had the total thing wrong, I think, about it. Uh, it's really a good source of alternative media to me. I love it. I fully embrace them over the last couple years. But I think as we go on, you know, you got these major tech companies, YouTube, uh, Amazon, Twitch, you know, all, all these companies that are pushing us towards live streaming. I mean, do you think that's eventually going to be more of the future for the, you know, for these established podcasts like yourself? Well, I mean, I've never stopped the show. Okay. So I guess I should preface my answer by saying that it just has been, well, when you start doing it and then you just keep doing it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I thought about doing it recorded, but it became, I do, I, on one level, I understand the polish and the, the mm -hmm. things you can get. On the other hand, I kind of like that raw, raw authenticity that I just had. So it was just really easy for me to say, I got to stay doing it. And plus, I know myself, if I don't do it Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, it might not get done because of how the family demands and the time demands of everything right. else that goes on. So I needed that hard, rigid, either show up or just don't do it. So that that's for me. But the the live thing is phenomenal, fascinating to me because... I know, like, watching my son blows my mind. Right. Like, he'll watch somebody playing something on Twitch, right? He'll watch somebody play a game. I, it's still, I, I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, under, I mean, I don't get it. To listen to this kid talk, well, he, or adult, more often than not, talking about this game they're playing while they're playing it, I, I don't get I don't it. get that, that part it, of it either. 
I, I don't get that. But with it's a huge market. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily get it about gaming. But what I'm thinking about is let's just say we got listeners out there. Okay. I, I guess I'll preface it with this context. Since I've started this podcast, almost every single subject matter expert or business owner we have had on the show have all said that you should use this time to create content, which I thought was awesome because it validated my whole podcast. <laughs> but, right. um, you know, should people that are just starting out, whether it's someone like me that's been around now for a couple months uh, and more established or someone that's starting out new, should they dive in right at the live stream, even though they're going to have zero, one, two live stream viewers and build it up that way? Or is that something that people should add later? What's your take on that? I, it's a personal preference because there are some people with the anxiety of being live and being, I mean, you can look really bad being live. Yeah. I, <laughs> there's clips on my show. <laughs> You can look really bad being yeah. live in a heartbeat. So you have to accept that. If you can accept that and move on from that, it's for you. But it, there are other people who need that structure. <coughs> excuse me. Oh, of yeah. being um, recorded. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there's a place for both of them. Because when you edit, you can get it down to 20, 25 minutes. Right. That works for some people. Some people like an hour. Now, this next jump scares me because I, I've been seeing numbers that say anything over 45 minutes is a problem these days. Yeah. So when I say an hour for me, it's kind of like I've been thinking, do I have to split it to two half hours? And that's going to be rough. But You know, I'm right, almost thinking potentially... the, the same thing with Trek by Biz because I initially came out with 20-minute, 25-minute uh, episodes. But then as I get people with you, I mean, the conversation's just so good. So I've been doing longer episodes because of that, 40, 45-minute, 50-minute episodes. And they're getting a lot of views, but, I mean, the retention rate is a lot smaller. So that's where I'm wondering, yeah. should I split it up as well, too? Yeah, and then and then I was getting to the long-format shows, the two, three, four-hour. Mm -hmm. I, I know I've talked to people to do the four-hour shows, um, and I go, that's just ridiculous. Like nobody has time to listen to that. Right. Right. And then uh, uh, Gordon from those conspiracy guys, one of my list, my, my fans favorite, and he does great shows. His shows are at minimum five hours long. And I think the one he told me was like 12 hours. And I, I just laughed at him, like literally legitimately just laughed at him and said, nobody listens to that. And he's like, Oh, they do. They, they pause it and come back to it. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you won't, He's like, you won't believe the emails that I'm like, I, I totally believe you. I'm just saying that I don't, you know, like. I, I think they're you, too. You've got to craft that the deep. Right. But there. look at look look at Joe Rogan there for a second. OK, you're talking what, maybe two and a half on the low end up to four or five hours. Uh, I think it's what, probably average around three to four hours. And within that, yeah. then he has his JR Eclipse channel to where you, you essentially get all these 5, 10, 20-minute clips. I mean, he can make uh, 20 videos off one of his live casts that just one of those clips will perform better probably than any of my oh. episodes ever. And that's amazing. Yeah, and that, that clips video, or the video method works great. And then for the people who want to hear the whole thing, that works good for them. So there's that balance mm -hmm. there, which is... 
Again, something else I've been kicking around. I, I've kicked around so many things. It just comes down to time. Yeah, That's yeah. So balance, you know, follow. I guess it, it really comes down to follow data for your, you know, your crew, you know, your yeah. audience. How does that look? Are they listening? Where are you losing them at? Um, and I think that's probably where it goes. Now, with your show, you know, you advertise that you are not afraid of controversy. Did I read that right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. What, which part of controversy do you get yeah. into? I mean, I've had Roger Stone on three times, which he is the most polarizing guest in the history of, of man, um, I think. Um, and then, obviously, when you talk about paranormal, you get into religions and all that other stuff. And I've had Harry Dunn yeah. on talking about finances. So, uh, and I mentioned the paranormal romance author earlier. Of course, it's been a while since she's been on, but there's talking all the things they tell mm -hmm. you not to talk about. So, yeah. <laughs> controversy yeah, kind I of. Mean, you don't, because I think a lot of people right now, too, they're thinking about, hey, you know, I want to create, I want to start a podcast, stuff like that. And I think they're worried about controversy as well, too, because it's so easy for something to get blown up nowadays. Uh, I mean, don't you have a fear that one episode could possibly be the last one and you get canceled, that you say the wrong thing <laughs> with the wrong person? Uh, no, because I've uh, intentionally built myself, but well, now years into it, uh, probably a couple years ago, I intentionally sought out um, a method of building myself out so I couldn't quote unquote get canceled um, from okay. from hosting my own shows on my own server, which sounds ridiculous, but whatever, um, to hey, uh, dropping all works. the streaming networks and building my own to replace them to, um, yeah, so if Apple would ban me, I'm going to be fine. Uh, it, I don't worry about controversy or being in the limelight, so to speak, because actually, Right. That's what we're all seeking attention. If it's good, bad, right. indifferent. Well, it's never mm -hmm. attention to never indifferent. Uh, I, don't, I don't think <laughs> so. You just take what it comes. And I know like, I've been running uh, Roger pretty heavily. I'm going to plan on doing it through the election because there, like I said, he's no there's either you love him or you hate him. And even though he's not. Yeah. A, doesn't he have a Nixon tattoo on his back? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Is that, yep, and yep, even though yep. he's not a key, he's not a factor in this. Well, Supposedly not a factor in this election. He was in the last one, and every you know him from the last one, even though Trump says he doesn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's this whole mess, right? We don't even have to get into that. But yeah, it's yeah. a name, and it it's a phenomenal. The people that are so angry that I gave them the time of day, and there are people that just think it's phenomenal. Like it's there's like I said, polarizing to the end, and. Mm -hmm. Well, I even told him, I said, well, I don't agree with all your politics, but I, I'm just fascinated by the the level of knowledge that he has about the game of politics because he played it for so yeah. long. And playing oh, the game yeah. of politics is the way to put it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, love him, hate him, whatever. I don't care. Uh, I was kind of surprised. I watched the Netflix documentary on him. And I've heard of Roger Stone throughout the years, but I never honestly realized how good he was. Well, I guess how good he was at the political game. Okay. To make that clear, uh, you know, playing that whole thing up until I saw that documentary and, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, that's somebody that's had his hand in the, the cookie jar for a long time with American politics. And I will say this about him as well. It's not just politics. He is the greatest self promoter that I've had on the show. Yeah. 
Why would you say that? Because he will take. Uh, I'll, I'll give you this example. Roger, thanks right. for being here. How are you today? Oh, Jim, I'm pretty good. Da 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 da. And worked a book promo into his answer about how he was doing. It. <laughs> that, that, undefeated. That's, that's pretty good. Undefeated. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. So I, I, we do got to start getting wrapped up. I got two other yeah. questions for you, if you don't mind. Oh, of course. Uh, first one is, you know, we're talking about the podcast, starting it up. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you like I said, you've been doing it for 10 years. And that's why when I covered this subject, I really wanted to get somebody like, like you on this show. Um, do you think, like, podcasting in and of itself – is a viable business for people thinking out there to start it, or should they be using it more as a tool to complement other things that they're doing? Kind of like how I use it. I use it complimentary. I don't use it as a main business. I don't think podcasting in and of itself is the business. Now, can you use it to sell books? Yes. Can you use it to sell X, Y, and Z? Yes. I don't think now, and maybe maybe we talk about this again in three years and the money has changed significantly, which I think it's going mm-hmm. to. But I, I think you have to have enough leverage already coming in like Joe Rogan. Right. I mean, Joe Rogan was somebody before he started his podcast. Um, right. Any number of these uh, Penn and Teller were people before they, you know, like the top tier of podcasters were, were right. somebody. Jordan Belfort. Yeah. Were somebody before they started their podcast. Now, is that going right. to change in the next few years, As especially as traditional talk radio changes? Because let's be honest, Rush is getting older and not having the greatest health. And right, all these guys are getting older. We mm-hmm. start peeling that layer away. And then as I think eventually some of these upper tier podcasters will get into other projects, video being, I think, where some of that's going to go, especially as we get back out of COVID and people can do video production shows because people are now seeing the the value of one-on-one interviews not necessarily coming from the traditional mainstream media so that'll that'll shift right. them off the top and the, you shifted the radio off the top so then the vacuum will suck some up or maybe it's the UFO will suck some up I'm not sure and uh, <laughs> <clears throat> maybe the UFO will suck some of them up and have mothership experiences but that's another problem so can somebody make a living doing a podcast sure but I don't think you can say me and you start a podcast tonight and suspect to make $10,000 a month next month. I think you have to run into it. And I think if you have, if it's a side project to a business where you're trying to network and trying to leverage something else, I think it's gonna be phenomenal opportunity. I don't, I think that's the key right now. But like I said, I'm fully expecting that it could change. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's a thing, though, too. I mean, uh, if, you know, what this podcast or whatever, maybe Amazon, since Audible's in it now, they're like, hey, you know what? We want Shark Bite Biz to be exclusive. We like your show and your content. You know, that, that could happen. I'm not personally counting on it. I'm using it for the networking aspect. That's how I got to meet amazing people like you. Um, and I, I think definitely, though, if people are thinking about, getting into podcasting or starting a podcast to complement either themselves as an individual uh, or for their brand that you definitely probably want to try to just go right into the video podcasting. Spotify is going to be getting big into video with Joe Rogan. They recreated that whole platform from what I heard for Joe Rogan's video podcast. So yeah, I think it's going to be huge going in that direction. That's why I started out like, no, 
I'm doing a video podcast. And it's still hard because I like, even when I was talking with you, I was like, Hey, remember it's a video. And I put video <laughs> all in caps, video podcast, because there's that stereotype that, Oh, wait, that's a TV show. No, it's a video podcast, man. Yeah. And that was, I, I'll, I've had this struggle because like, the entry to video back when I started was extremely difficult, right? Because you had to go for like Ustream because YouTube wasn't doing YouTube live, which I know that's, that sounds shocking to no. people. So Ustream was out there and yep. there was a couple other sites, but nothing worked great because everything was so new. So I got away from it. Now I regret that. Like if, if you were going to ask what my yep. biggest regretting podcasting is, it was walking away from video when I should have stayed in video and just bit the bullet about not necessarily caring how it looks per se. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you too. And in fact, I am going to be starting to do live streams on this channel. I'm still trying to figure out how it would be because it's not going to be the full, you know, with my work stuff like that, I run the whole Northeast uh, for my company. So it's hard to say, Hey, look, I'm going to do an hour podcast throughout the day, every Monday or Thursday might be traveling or whatever. So I'm thinking, you know, like we're going to do 15 minute episodes once or twice a week to cover news headlines and maybe a mini guest and stuff. And I just went out, got myself a stream deck to kind of make the transitions easier so I can self-produce, you, you know, got, got everything rolling in here slowly. Yeah. Yeah. I got all the cool fun toys. So last question yeah. for you, and then we'll wrap up is, uh, you've had so many people on your show. Like you said, Roger Stone, I didn't even know he was yeah. there. What is, I'm a huge fan of the paranormal. In fact, I just went to Eastern State Penitentiary this past weekend for a tour and it was, it was glorious. It was awesome. I loved it. I have a million pictures I took there. What's the craziest paranormal uh, story you have coming from your show? Okay, so it comes from a non-paranormal person, which makes it even better. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Retired Secret Service agent John Carmen came on my show. Okay. And he told me before, you know, you, you know, I send out the bio. It kind of, everybody kind of knows I'm still kind of the paranormal guy at this point, but, you know, I'm trying to shift yep. gears out of that. So, branch out. So, we went, I wanted to talk about the Secret <laughs> Service. And I think this was in the last election cycle. So, how it looks doing in a, you know, election with me you know, being in the Secret Service and all this other stuff. And 10 minutes before the show starts, and in all caps, Right. I get this message from John. And I, I'm flicking mm -hmm. out because I see this message from John. He's canceling because of whatever. Right. So I get it open and he says, I've got the greatest ghost story for you ever. Remind me. And I'm okay. like, like I had all these election questions prepared, you know, like I'm all set. Right. It's too, you know, like I don't want to. Mm -hmm. So we get to about 10 minutes left in the show. And I remember the message because I didn't write it on my notes because I didn't want to, you know, like I'm this is where I'm going. And I said, hey, John, tell me mm -hmm. tell me that ghost story you're going to tell me. Because I was kind of like, you know, we kind of talked everything out and I felt good about it. So right. he's like, so back when I was working at the White House, I wasn't there this night, but I did some of the paperwork on it. So I'm like, okay. Um, one of the agents went down to one of the, some part in the basement and thought he'd seen something, draw it down and shot at it because he couldn't identify it. Right. In the basement of the White House. Okay. So he shot so in... He shot in the Not White John, House. but the, this agent that he had to do this paperwork on shot in the right. basement of the White House at something that he couldn't see. Mm -hmm. Right. So then obviously they, you know, all these lights and like it gets wow. flooded with, you know, obviously gunshots in the White House is kind of a thing. And uh, <laughs> red, red flags everywhere. Right. All these yeah. agents flood in and 
they're like, what'd you shoot? He's like, I shot at a, there was something moving, a person. I seen a person moving from right to left and across this hallway. And of course they've searched everyone can't find it. He ended up shooting at a ghost in the white house. Wow. I mean, is there any type of capture? No, there's, there's no capture. There's no, it's hard to even find evidence of the story besides from him because they, you know, it became really hushed hush because, well, obviously you don't want your, your secret service agents out there sounding a little. Yeah. A little kooky. Well, I mean, come on. They did. What was it in like the, the fifties, they did have a battle in Los Angeles with UFOs. Apparently it's very possible. I can't comment. I don't, I've, I've heard the story, but I don't have any great stories about it, but there's a lot of great things. Like like area 50, area 51. Why is it blurred out on Google? If there's nothing there, why is the perimeter further out from area 51 than Fort Knox? Yeah. Yeah. So one, one, you know, I, I know I said that was the last question, but one just occurred to me. This is the great debate that I have in my mind right now. Okay. Are, are we in a simulation? Is simulation theory true? Because I'm thinking if it's not true, that there's gotta be life somewhere else than just here. I'll answer this question this way. I don't necessarily agree with the simulation. I don't necessarily disagree with it. But if we're the smartest things ever anywhere, we're messing this up on a a world-class scale. Like nobody, I mean, nobody has seen before. So hopefully there is something else out there laughing their off at us because honestly, that would make me so happy. Well, I mean, you've got to think about it, too. I mean, see, this is where when I'm not working and I'm looking to escape, my mind drifts into this. I don't know if I necessarily say I believe in the simulation theory or anything like that, but it is entertaining to me. But when you start thinking about extraterrestrials, you start thinking about aliens, okay? What what I think is, is that it is possible that there has been life a kabillion times before because, I mean, we're only here for a small amount of time, blips. I mean, they could have destroyed their own planet tenfold and regrew other life on those well, places. How close you know what I mean? Destroying our own planet in the, at the end of World War Two. That's like, what I mean. I mean. It could have happened. I mean, it, people people think, oh, life on other planets, but there's more than just finding a planet that's in the Goldilocks zone. I mean, we also have to kind of be there in the same point of time that they're achieving life on their planet too because we could be post or pre-life on that planet and how right biased now. of us to think the goldilocks zone you mentioned it like the think that all creatures need to breathe oxygen and per- consume this that and the other right like right right or that they can't live in the ultra yeah, cold like, or you know, we're just assuming everybody's like us and we know we know on this planet everything isn't like us we've got fish for an easy example, that are way different than us. I mean, so to assume everything yeah. is humanoid everywhere is just, well, fun. <laughs> well, I think there's a certain degree, a, a little certain small degree that, you know, it has, they think it has the kind of least match up with some basic, basic stuff. But outside of that, you know, your imagination is what it could actually end I up I think being. so. I mean, I don't even know if the, I mean, here we are again, thinking theories that we, I mean, we can, we could talk about all day until we actually see it. We could be totally right or hundred percent wrong, which is what make, as, as you appreciate, yeah. you can f- figure out how 
the mind works about all these things and then it just becomes it becomes a oh, great yeah, time. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, we'll make sure that we cover that in our next episode when you come back. I'm getting you back here in about a Whenever. couple months, a couple quarters down the road. We'll keep talking about this. How can people watch your show or reach the out to you? The easiest way to find me is mallard.com, M A L L I A R D.com. Uh the shows are there, contacting me there. Um, links to listen and watch and all that stuff. Just go over there or just type in Mallard on, on Google or YouTube or anywhere else because, uh, I, you know, <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately, I named my show The Mallard Report. But if I was thinking, I would have named it The Mallard Reaction, which is a cooking reaction. Would have been a better thing. But but it would have got probably lost a little bit more in the original point. But anyways, I, I kind of ran and rambled on that. You can always start up a new show. Get a second second podcast no. going. <laughs> hey thank you so much man this has been so much fun it's been entertaining and i really think the viewers all uh have a little bit of a break of a different type of guest talking about business i I appreciate you having me here because i i do enjoy talking the the nuts and bolts of podcasting which often goes overlooked because it's here's this boom and doesn't understand Mm -hmm. what's built this boom and why this boom is actually important for the people that are in it and what it means going forward. Okay, perfect. Thank you again, and we'll be in Uh, touch. Easy to find. (laughs) Wow, that was a pretty fun conversation there with Jib. Since it was just Halloween yesterday, I thought this would be an appropriately timed show since a lot of his episodes have topics that do with things like paranormal stuff. And, uh, you know, he's got some, some fun stuff out there. Some of it you may be a fan of, some of it might not, but... You know, the main point of having this conversation and why I felt that it was relevant and wanted to have Jim on the show was to discuss the content creation. You know, I I really gathered the monetization part from this conversation because I think that is something that is probably the most misunderstood area of podcasting. Many people, I think, they just have unrealistic expectations. Yeah, you can make money. Maybe you can get some sponsors. You can get ad revenue off places like YouTube, stuff like that. But you should probably think of it more like a complement to your other revenue streams rather than something you can bake on, okay? It it should be a complement to your overall brand strategy, And, you know, don't let that turn you off of podcasting, though. There are so many people out there that have been breakaway stars like Joe Rogan or some gaming streamers out there, and they're making some pretty darn good money with it. But it really comes down to your brand strategy and how you're going to be focused on reaching your audience. So this was a fun video with some interesting conversation. What did you all think? What content are you creating? Share down below in the comment section. And as always, if you like the video, please make sure you smash that subscribe button. And also, please share this to help get the word out about this podcast of helping people, helping brands be able to grow during a global pandemic. Remember, I'm David Strausser. This is Shark Bite Biz, and I'll see you again next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. 
We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 